0: Let's take your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter number 27. Amen. Acts chapter 27 verse 22. Would you give me the permission this morning to veer off from the regular schedule and preach what I feel like needs to be preached this morning? Please. Please. Now, usually, since this is a, um, since it's Mother's Day, usually I would usually preach a Mother's Day message. But I felt like in my time of study, in my time of prayer and devotion to God, I felt like that it was necessary after us being gone for two months, for me to preach something that's applicable to all of us. And so this morning, I'm not, I don't want to be disrespectful to our mothers. I do love you, I appreciate you, and I hope you have a wonderful day. But this morning I'm gonna preach something that goes, that's applicable to all of us, not only mothers to fathers no matter what season of life that you may find yourself in, I believe that this is the word for you today. So, how many would just give you permission to veer off schedule and do that? Is that right? And so, thank you so much for giving me permission to do so. And uh, let's give our attention to the word of God this morning as we look at Acts chapter 27. And let's look at a few verses this morning. Acts chapter 27 beginning with verse number 22. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss among you, but only the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and to whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul, for you must stand before Caesar, and indeed, God has granted all those who will sail with you. Therefore take heart, men, for I believe, God, that it will be just as it was told to me. Just for a few moments, I'm going to preach on the thought, uncertain, the truth about difficult times. The truth about difficult times. I'm actually going to start the sermon today, and I'm going to do a two-part series, and I'm going to finish it next week. So hopefully you'll be here next week to hear part number two, and I'm going to deal with part number one today. Let's bow our hearts in prayer today. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus the Lord. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are good, that you are gracious, and that you are very kind. Thank you for your sustaining power. Thank you that you have brought us together again to worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray for those who are listening on stream, on live stream today, that your Holy Spirit would minister to each of them that are hearing this word this morning. Those that are unable to be here because of sickness, for whatever reason it may be, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to those this morning as well. The Lord, we pray for our nation. We pray for our government officials. We pray for the world. We pray for those who are suffering. Those who are suffering uh, not only from sickness, from depression, from uh, from financial hardship, no matter what it may be. We ask the Holy Spirit to go forth. And minister to the hearts of men and women today. And we pray, Lord, that you would bring this virus to an end, that your glory would be seen. And everyone said a great big amen. amen. Uncertain the truth about difficult times. I think that we all can agree this morning that the last two months has become very difficult, challenging and to some, the last two months, was very devastating to people. The life that we once knew is no longer the life that we know now. COVID-19 has interrupted our lives. Things are different now. We are now isolated from our family and our friends. We are restricted in what we can and cannot do. Businesses, churches, and schools have been shut down. People have become unemployed. Some people are going bankrupt. There are some people who are sick, and there are some people that's even died. People are uncertain. People are frustrated, and people are confused. We don't know who to believe anymore. Is the virus as big as they say it is? How long is it going to be? Is this the sign of the end times? What else is going to happen?
1: How am I going to take care of my family?
0: And when is my kids going to go back to school? People are uncertain. People are frustrated. People are confused. People are divided. And people are angry. Aren't they? Can we all look up here, please? People are divided. and People are angry. Some people are not taking this seriously. Some people think it's a joke. Churches are now claiming that their rights are being compromised. Pastors are being jailed. Businesses are protesting. Some states are lifting the restrictions while other states are demanding more restrictions. My friends, it almost seems like we are living in a modern-day apocalypse. An apocalypse that has affected the whole world. Now, we are living in fear. We're drowning in confusion. And we're drowning in uncertainty. And I am convinced that no matter what side of the fence you may be on or what kind of views or opinions that you may have about this pandemic, we all can agree this morning that we are living in difficult times. Charles Dickens, in his 19th century novel, said it very well. He said, it was the best of times, but it was also the worst of times. I think that that describes the season that we find ourselves in this morning. We find ourselves in difficult times. But I believe, just like Charles Dickens said, it is the worst of times. But I also believe that we are living in the best of times. We are living in the best of times because we are presented with truth, the truth of God's Word. And if we open up our hearts, and I believe that that word, that truth can penetrate the very soul this morning to help us, to help us navigate through these perilous times. To help us to navigate through these difficult times, I'm going to preach a two-part message about the truth about difficult times. I'll start it this morning and I'll finish it next Sunday. I'm going to use Acts chapter number 27 as my springboard this morning. Because I believe that if there is a story in the Bible that demonstrates and conveys to us difficult times, I believe that one of those stories can be found in Acts chapter 27. Hopefully, you are a Bible reader. Hopefully, you have reminisced, reminisced the story. You have read the story before. And for the sake of time, I don't find it necessary for me to read 25 verses of morning what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a snapshot, an overview of what is happening in Acts chapter number 27. I want you to pay attention for a few moments. I want you to buckle your seatbelts as we go on a spiritual journey and we learn how to navigate through these difficult times. I want to look at the story of Acts 27, and I want to use it this morning as a springboard. I want to use it as my context to tell you how you can have victory in difficult times. In Acts chapter number 27, it is the story of Paul. The Bible says that Paul is a prisoner by now. Paul is an apostle, a chosen and appointed by God. To deliver the gospel to the Gentiles. But Paul finds himself as a prisoner. He is a prisoner. Paul not only is a prisoner, but he is on a ship headed to Rome. He's going to Rome to stand before Caesar. Now according to scripture, this was directed by God. It was God's will for Paul to go to Rome and stand before Caesar, which is the emperor. The Bible also says that as they were on the ship, Paul said, a prisoner said, to all those on the ship, we should not go, brethren. We should not go because I suspect that this war voyage is going to end in destruction. And the Bible says, very quickly, in Acts chapter 27 and verse number 10. I want you to see what Paul said to the people on the ship. He said in verse number 10, Say, men, I perceive that this is going to end in disaster and there's going to be much loss. You see, he was very clear that it didn't feel right about what was getting ready to happen. As they were on the ship... Verse number 21, he stands up on the ship and he tells everybody on the ship, on verse number 21, he said, I told you that it was going to end in a bad way. You didn't listen to me. So Paul is a prisoner. He's on a ship and he told everybody on the ship, we should not sail to Rome. We should not go this way. It's not going to end very good. But the Bible says in chapter 27 that for 14 days they were stuck at sea. For 14 days the wind blew. For 14 days the sky became black as midnight. For 14 days their hearts sunk and they lost hope. They disobeyed the word that came from Paul. The Bible says it was a great storm. The Bible says in chapter number 27 and verse number 27. Look at the big storm. The Bible says it was a big storm. Verse number 18, excuse me. Chapter 27, verse number 18. And because we were exceedingly tempest tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. On the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Verse number 20. Now neither the sun or the star appeared for many days, and no small tempest, tempest beat upon us, and all hope that we had was gone. So it was a bad storm. For 14 days they were stuck in the middle of the sea. Can you imagine being stuck in the middle of the sea? And my friends, it was not a cruise ship. We're talking 2000 years ago. These people are devastated. They're tossed to and fro by the wind for 14 days. No sun. The wind. Their heart Was beating in their chest. They thought they were going to die. But you know what happens in the middle of the storm? I'm so glad the story don't end there. In the middle of the storm an angel appeared to Paul. And the angel said to Paul. Paul don't worry. Don't be afraid. For you belong to the Lord. And you will make it to Rome. But the ship won't make it. But you will make it. And those on the ship will make it. You will become shipwrecked. But you will make it. Look at the word of the Lord. Look at the scripture. The scripture is clear. Acts 27 and verse number 22. Look what happens here. Paul said this. Verse 22. And now I urge you to take heart. For there will be no loss among you. But only the ship. Can you say this with me? Can you say this with me? No loss of life but only the ship. So the ship was destroyed, but everybody was saved. Now look what Paul said in verse 22, 23. He said this in verse number 23. He said, for there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve. Verse number 24, it states this. He said, said this angel said in verse number 24, saying, do not be afraid Paul, for you must be Brought before Caesar. Indeed, God has granted you all those who sell with you. So here, they are stuck at sea. They thought they were going to die. But an angel said, Paul, you're going to lose the ship. But you're going to live. And those who are with you are going to live as well. Because you will get to run. Because it's God's will. Even though you become shipwrecked. Even though you lose the ship. And you know the rest of the story is they become shipwrecked and they found themselves at an island. And the people of the island took care of all the men of the ship. And not only did they take care of all the men of the ship, but the Bible says the people of the island gave them another ship so they could go and roam. You see, that is the snapshot of Acts 27. And from Acts 27, very quickly. I want to give you five truths from Acts 27. Five truths from Acts 27. How am I going to navigate through these difficult times? Mothers, maybe you are experiencing a difficult time. Maybe this is a hard season for you because maybe you don't have family to celebrate. Maybe this is difficult for you. Maybe you have experienced loved ones that been affected by COVID-19. Or maybe you are experiencing hardship. This morning, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you that you can navigate through these difficult times if you take heart to the truth that's found in Acts chapter number 27. Now I have five truths, I'll be very quick about that. You don't have to worry about that. Number one, the first truth that I want you to see in Acts chapter 27 is this. Number one, if you lose the ship You will not drown. Can you say that with me on the count of three? One, two, three. If you lose the ship, if you lose the ship, you will not drown. I am so excited to hear that. That's truth number one. If you lose the ship, you will not drown. Let me remind you of what the scripture says. The Bible says the angel of God came to Paul and said, "Paul, you will lose the ship." but you will make it to Rome. Let me just part my sermon a little bit and give you some truth that's found in this point. I am a firm believer that the angel doesn't need a ship to get you to Rome. Can I hear an amen. The angel doesn't need a ship to get you to Rome. God doesn't need your method to get you to the place that you are designed to be. God doesn't need your ship to get you to the place that you need to be. Can somebody raise your hand and say, I have become shipwrecked a long time ago. I messed up my methods a long time ago. And I'm so glad that God is so sovereign that he overlooks my junkie ship and he makes sure that I get to my destination. I said the promise of God is not connected to your ship. It's connected to God. And even if your ship don't make it, you belong to God. And if God said you can make it, you're going to make it. Get there. Well, I've come all the way from any Baxter from my little house to tell someone today that your promise is it's not connected to your ship, it's connected to God, and if God said it, you can take it to the bank. I want to ask you a question today. Can God offend your methods and still get you to your destination? the way you thought you would get there. You may get to Rome by a different method. You may get to Rome by a different means. The Holy Spirit sent me to tell someone today, don't be so connected to the ship that you fail to realize that it is God's plan and sovereignty to get you to the place that He desires to get you to be. In the last seven weeks, our ship has become shipwrecked. We have become so dependent on a church building that when the ship wrecked, we thought we couldn't worship any longer. But I want to let you know that the promise of God is not connected to a ship. The promise of God is connected to Him. Glory. So if the ship fails, you will not drown. You see the Bible says, they lost the ship. Look at verse 22. The Bible said in Acts 27, verse 22. I urge you to take part. There will be no loss of life, but only the ship. If you lose the ship, you will not drown. Can I tell you something this morning, my friends? This is so powerful. And maybe it doesn't mean anything to you, but it's your minister to me. They did drown. Even though they were disobedient, they should not have gotten on the ship and went towards Rome at that particular time. Paul told them, don't do it. It's not going to end well. They disbelieved him. They discounted his word and got on the ship anyway. And God still saved them because there was a believing man by the name of Paul on the ship. I want to let you know today, my friends, that even though you may have become disobedient in your life, and you may have done things you regret, I want to let you know that if you put your faith in Jesus and not the ship, That he is the king of the universe. And we believe that he is the sovereign Lord over everything. The Bible calls him the Ancient of Days. The Bible calls him the god The Bible calls him the creator of heaven and earth. The Bible calls him the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the architect of the universe and the manager of all things. No. was always And you know what the Bible says? I'm
1: trying to contain myself.
0: I'm trying to ease in this thing slowly. I haven't seen it in two months. Just easing into this thing. I thought I would just come and teach a Bible class, but once a while the Holy Ghost gets on me. Hallelujah. You didn't come to hear a six foot ice sinker roaming around on the pulpit, did you? I'm tired of dead sermonettes preaching to dead people. And six tonight, I of Well, look, I'm tired of dead church. I would rather sing on my Pujis <laughs> and need Oreos if church is dead. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, Hallelujah. The Bible says they lost the ship. They were shipwrecked. They found themselves on an island with natives that they did not know. And the Bible says these people on the island provided for them. Acts 28, verse 10. And guess what happens? Look at the verse. Acts 28, 10. They also honored us in many ways. And when we departed, they provided such things that were necessary. They were shipwrecked. But these people on the island provided for them. Things that was necessary. Now stop here. The Holy Spirit wants you to know something. That God's provision in the storm is not your luxuries, but it's your necessities. When you are going through a storm, don't expect luxuries. Expect your necessities. And the Bible says those people, those natives on the island, provided for Paul and those who were shipwrecked the things that were necessary, because when you are going through a difficult time, when you are going through a very uh, uh, disheartening time, sometimes we expect that there should be more than enough, but I'm letting you know that when you're in the storm, God will not provide your luxuries, but God will provide your necessities, and that is why Paul said, God supplies all of my his riches in glory. Just like Elisha was provided for. He didn't get three meals. He got two meals. He got something in the morning. He got something in the evening. That means he didn't eat in the afternoon. He was provided for with his necessities. Just enough man in the wilderness. To feed you for the day. If you are here today. And you have survived, and you are surviving the pandemic that we are in, and you can testify that I still have a job, or I'm still being taken care of, I still have my family, that every one of us have a right to lift our hands, and thank God. As a way of taking care of you, even if your ship is shipwrecked. Right. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Woo! Woo! If you are a guest this morning and you're not used to this, I'm not going to apologize. i just want to tell you that sometimes in a Pentecostal church, we get excited. Just like you get excited at a ball game or a basketball game. I never understand why somebody wants to scream their bloody head off with a skin being thrown down the field, but that's fine. If you want to spend thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars to do that, that's perfectly fine. But when we come to the house of God, I just want to thank God that He brought me through. I want to thank God I have hands to praise Him. Verse eleven, and ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know that if your ship breaks, if your ship is shipwrecked, it doesn't matter because you're not going to drown, and God's going to make sure that you get to row. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Not only was their necessities provided, but Acts twenty-eight verse eleven says i got a new ship gave it to him. Because if you lose your ship, you will drown. If you lose your ship, you will not drown. Truth number two, there is a reason to be afraid. But you have greater reasons not to. Not only did Paul say, we're going to lose the ship, but Paul goes on in verse number 23, Acts 27, verse 23, he says, For an angel came and stood by me this night, the angel of God, whom I belong and whom I serve." He goes on to verse number 24 and says, he says, The angel said, Don't be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. Indeed, God has granted all those who are with you. Number two, You have a reason to be afraid. But you have greater reasons not to be afraid. My point is this. Paul had a reason to be afraid. It was a bad storm. But he had great reasons not to be afraid. The angel said, Paul, don't be afraid. You belong to me. You will make it to Rome. You will be saved and those that hear you will be saved. Those that are you. be saved. Paul, you will make it. Your ship will not make it, but you will make it. Paul, you've got to go to Rome, because you've got to write the book of Romans, so that future generations can have future encouragement. Paul, you're going to get there. Your ship is not going to get there, but you're going to get there. You have a reason to be afraid. They didn't listen to you, Paul. You're stuck at sea for 14 days. In the blackness of Midnight, you have a reason to be afraid. But Paul, you got greater reasons not to be afraid. And just like Paul, my friends, you can look around and you can have all kinds of reasons to be afraid. But you've got greater reasons not to be afraid. The Lord is saying, don't be afraid. I am with you. You're going to make it. The Holy Spirit is saying today, if I brought you to it, I'll bring you through it. You're going to make it to the other side. The Holy Spirit is saying, I didn't teach you how to swim to let you drown. I didn't bring you this far so that I would leave you. I didn't teach you how to swim to let you drown. It doesn't matter what you're going through. The fact of the matter is you're going through. You've got to hold on because joy comes in the morning. Yeah. you remember the word of the Lord that came to Joshua, the son of Nun? Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, and after, The Lord said to Joshua, Have I not commanded you to be strong and to be of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor dismay. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do you remember what the Psalmist David said in Psalm 27 and verse 1? And I quote, The Lord is my light and the Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You see, even David, or excuse me, Paul said, said in Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, and that quote, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Even the prophet Isaiah echoed those words. In Isaiah chapter number 43 verse 2, and I quote, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Sayeth the Lord, I'm telling you, you have reasons to be afraid this morning, but you have a greater reason not to be afraid, because the Lord is saying, don't be afraid, I'm with you. Yeah. I shall walk with you. Yeah. Number one, if you lose the ship, you won't drown. Number two, there's a reason to be afraid, but there's greater reasons not to be afraid. Number three. keep your devotional time in difficult times. Amen. Amen. Now, isn't it ironic? They're on the ship. 14 days If you are hungry, physically, angry, lonely, or tired, don't make decisions. Be careful what you say, because you'll regret it. And when you're in a difficult time, you need to make sure you eat not only physically, but you need to make sure that you eat spiritually. You don't need to skip your your devotional time in difficult times. Notice, they're still on the boat and they begin to eat. When you are in a storm, it is not a reason for you to quit praying and quit reading your Bible. I have asked this church at the beginning of the year to start reading the Bible through. I gave you an app, I gave you material, and I am telling you today, there should be no excuse why you're not reading through the Bible. There should not be an excuse why you're not having a daily time of reading and progressing in Bible reading because if you are stuck at home, you have (laughs) And if you're not stuck at home, you're not fellowshipping with other people, you have time to read it, and you should make time to read it. It is your spiritual nourishment. And I'm wondering at the end of the year, I'm going to have at the end of the year, December 31st, I'm wondering how many people out of this whole church will be dedicated enough to read the Bible through. Did you know, according to George Barnard Research, George Barna Research, 82% of Christians don't read the Bible through in a year. We've become a nation that's biblically limited. I'm asking you to read the Bible. I'm asking you, listen, if you can't control your feelings, control your feeding. If you can't control your feelings, then you need to control your feeding you need to make sure that you are feeding in the midst of all of your feelings. And isn't it interesting to me that he thank God, they were in the middle of the storm, and Paul and those begin to take bread, and they begin to thank God. The point of the matter is, is you don't thank God for the storm. You thank God in the storm. My friends, if you honor God with your time he will honor you with His voice. If you honor God with your time, God will honor you with His voice. Amen. Number four, I'm almost done. you got to learn how to swim in places that you used to sell. Number one, I told you, truth number one, is that if you lose the ship, if you lose the ship, you will not drown. I told you number two, is that there is a reason to be afraid, but you have greater reason not to be afraid. Number three, I told you that you can't skip devotional times and difficult times. And number four, you gotta learn how to swim in places that you used to sell. You see, did you know that there are three great storms of the Bible? Jonah was in a great storm. And how did he overcome the storm? Three great storms, and this is how you overcome. Jonah was in a storm, and the way that he overcame the storm is he sacrificed himself to it. He threw himself over. Some people get discouraged in the storm and they just throw themselves in it and give up, just like Jonah. Jesus spoke to the storm. But Paul, he swam in his. And there are some storms in your life that you can speak by the authority of God, and God resolves it. There are some storms that you can just throw your hands up and say, forget about it, I'm not going to worry about it, just like Jonah. But there are some storms that's difficult, and you're going to put energy, you're going to put tenacity. You're going to learn how to swim in difficult waters. The Bible says that when they lost the ship, when the ship was going down, you know what happened? Paul said, grab a board. Hold on to the fragments of the ship. Grab a piece of the board. ship was going down. The Bible says in verse number 43, listen to the words. Verse number 43, but the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose, commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to the land. And the rest of them, some on boards, some on parts of the ship, and so it was, they escaped to the land. So what happened is they're jumping off the ship, and they're grabbing fragments of the ship. They're grabbing fragments of the ship that's going down. They're grabbing it and they're holding on onto it as a flotation device. You see, you've got to learn in difficult times. You've got to learn how to swim in places you used to sail. What do you mean, pastor? You see, you may not have your job anymore. Maybe you lost the ship. But maybe you do have a fragment of the ship that's left. Maybe you have something that's left from the ship. Maybe you are blessed financially, even though you're struggling in your job. Maybe you've got an inheritance. Maybe that's the fragment of the ship. Maybe the ship is going down. Your kids can't go to school. But grab a hold of something you do have. You can teach them at the house. Can I hear an amen? You see, you've got to learn. Places that you used to sell. You see, you gotta learn how to work at home. You used to work at the job, but now you gotta to learn to work at home. You gotta to learn to work out at the house. You used to go to the gym. You gotta learn how to swim in places that you used to sell. You gotta grab a hold of the boards from the ship and say, Listen, I may not have. I used to have, but there is something I can thank God for. I thank God for my health. That's a board of the ship. I thank God for my job. That's a board of the ship. I thank God for my wife. That's the board from the ship. I thank God for my husband. That's a board from the ship. I thank God. for Number one, if you lose the ship, you won't drown. Number two, oh, you have a reason to be afraid, but you've got great, great reasons not to be afraid. Number three, don't skip your devotional time in difficult times. Number four, you've got to learn how to swim in places that you used to sail. And number five, and the last point, you've got to be unusual in your kindness. Listen folks. They're shipwrecked. They're on a ship. They're on on the island. And what does the island people do? What does the natives do? They provide for their necessities. They gave them a, a used ship so they could go on their own. But then the Bible gives us this little clue. this people on the island that took care of these people. The Bible says in Acts 28 and verse number 2, Paul renders these words. He says that the natives showed us unusual kindness. Have you ever met somebody that's unusual in their Have you been so unusual in your kindness that you have made a mark in their memory? The scripture pinpointed that they showed unusual kindness. Folks, can I tell you something? These people on the island was not affected by the storm. These people on the island was not shipwrecked.
1: And there are some of you
0: that may have not been affected by COVID-19. You may have your job. You may have been on your regular life for the last seven or eight years, or seven or eight weeks. Maybe it hasn't affected you, but the pandemic has affected A storm. So they showed unusual kindness to those who were affected by the storm. What ability do you have so you can bless somebody else who is going through a difficult time? What word can you do? What unusual kindness can you do? These people on the island did not have an attitude. They didn't say, "Well, you know, we don't really like Jesus." You ain't getting our shirt. Matter of fact, we don't even like road. Who do they think they are? It's not our fault that you would shipwreck. You should have listened to Paul. You would have never been shipwrecked. You need to pay for your consequences. They don't teach them a lesson.
1: Isn't that how our society
0: works? You made your man live in it. I'm so glad that God is all that way. I'm so glad that He's still sovereign and He's still merciful and He's still gracious and He's still kind and still loving. Even when I mess up and break my own ship, He still gets me to the place I need to be. times. You gotta remember the truth that's found in Acts 27. That if you lose the ship, you will not drown. You gotta remember that there's reasons to be afraid, but there's greater reasons not to be afraid. You gotta remember you can't skip devotional time in difficult times. You gotta remember you got to learn how to swim in places that you used to sell. Number five, I'm asking you to be unusual in your kindness to people. God has blessed you with resources. that I'm asking you to be a river and not a reservoir. I'm asking you to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. I'm asking you to be unusual in your kindness, your generosity. Next week I'll do part two.